0: Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at celebrationorl.org.
1: All right. Welcome to After the Message. Um, If you are new to what we do here, uh, we talk about the message from Sunday. Pretty self explanatory. So today, uh, uh, oh, yes. And I do have to remind everybody. we implemented an email address for After the Message. So if you want to reach out and um, question my theology or just in general have a conversation, feel free to do that. Uh, you can email atm at org. Pretty easy to remember.
0: Super easy to remember. Yeah.
1: Today we have Pastor Becca Westcott with us for After the Message. How are you doing?
0: I'm well. Good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I am an avid listener of after the message good so i'm excited to be on this side this time
1: amen amen (laughs) um first of all how's elliot
0: elliot's good yeah yeah how old is he now he's almost eight months old okay which is crazy he's crawling and it's at that point where he's getting into things and i had to google like At what point does an eight month old understand the word no? Like, am I just (laughs) splitting my energy trying to tell him no all the time? Is this setting a foundation, Yeah. But yeah, thank God for Google in parenthood.
1: Yeah, I feel like uh, I don't trust Google, (laughs) so. (laughs) You
0: wouldn't uh, trust Google. So
1: whenever, I feel like when Jen and I ever have kids, by the way, Jen's our live studio audience today hi Jen um, <laughs> whenever uh, whenever we have kids um, I'm just gonna be making phone calls left and right hey what what would you do in this situation like to my parents hey what would you do here instead of googling it yeah but anywho that's that's a- another after the message um, this past Sunday was a v- if you've been around church for any amount of time you've probably heard a pre uh, a-, a message spoken on Lazarus, Mm -hmm. Um, which is one of the great things about the Bible is you can have so many messages spoken on (laughs) one single topic because there's so much there. How many messages do you think you've heard on this story?
0: Oh my gosh. A lot. I've spent my entire life in church and my dad was a pastor for a good portion of my upbringing. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure I heard Lazarus for the first time in, like, Sunday school, and I'm pretty sure we did, like, a, you know, mock skit where somebody was covered in toilet paper (laughs) and somebody played Jesus, and it was like, Lazarus, come forth, and somebody, like, tears the toilet paper off of the fake Lazarus, you know? So that's definitely, if that tells you anything about how many Lazarus sermons I've probably heard, you know?
1: Preach your kid life, you yes. know, pastor <laughs> kid life.
0: So, yeah.
1: Hopefully, we're speaking to. I can attest to those as well. the The children's church, like felt boards and everything. Oh yeah. Oh man, good the stuff.
0: Specific smell of kids' church, <laughs> 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 like those felt boards. It's like, universal. You just, just saying yeah. felt boards. I like feel like I smelled it, like just passing. <clears throat>
1: it's universal throughout all denominations and churches, the Correct. children's church smell. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, kind of like I said, it, it is, it's one of those great things about the Bible. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's only one interpretation, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of different applications.
0: Yeah. Fresh revelation. For yeah.
1: Sure. And you can, you can read a scripture and, 20 years later read it again and realize man that's not what i got from it 20 years ago you know Mm -hmm. still the same word but and so that's that's one thing that uh i really enjoyed about this past sunday's message was all the things that pastor keith saw for himself and was able to share with us um so yeah yeah the kind of the the way that he kicked it off was talking about it's not over you know like whatever whatever you're whatever you're facing in life or whatever is going in going on through life um it's never done especially if it's a trial or Mm -hmm. especially if it looks like a dead situation and so his first thing that he said was was take it to god um and it sounds self-explanatory but the thing that resonated with me the most is overthink and under pray yeah (laughs) i'm a uh overthinker to the max and sometimes i forget like have have i even talked to god about this yeah you know what i mean like jen's back there amening um (laughs) but one of the things that one of the biggest points that he mentions what what holds on to what you hold on can hold on to you yeah Has, has there been times in your life where you've you've realized without even maybe knowing, oh my gosh, I'm holding on to this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because sometimes we think of it as like a conscious thing. Like, man, I'm holding on to to something right now and I need to give it to God. But I think for me, a lot of times it's when I realize like, oh my gosh, this has been going on for a long time. Like, let this go, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think for me, the constant thing that makes me pause and go, man, I'm holding on to this is control. Hmm. You know, especially in this season, it's been so difficult like everything feels out of control but when I know that I I trust God but the handing over full control to him is something that I know I have a tendency to hold on to and even the the illustration that resonates the most with me is that difference between God giving me directions and me putting him in the driver's seat. Like so often I use God as my GPS instead of putting him in my driver's seat. Mm. And if I use him as my GPS, I can still take control back over and be like, you know what, God? No, I feel like I'm supposed to take a left here instead of a right. But if I have him in my driver's seat, he's in full control. And so for me, the thing that I- Shout out to Carrie Underwood. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Jesus take the wheel. So um, I feel like that is the thing for me is handing control back over and recognizing really quickly when I have taken control back into my own hands. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just a side note, I was thinking when I was kind of re listening to the message, I was like, man, because I was writing notes and there is just so much in this passage. So much that you could probably, we could probably do like uh, another session. Another after the message. This could be like a two-part after the message. <laughs> For sure. Because there's so much here. But, but one thing that the next part was after Take It to God was wait on God. And I feel like during COVID season or whatever, that we've been forced to wait mm-hmm. on a lot of different things. And so... My question to myself is, and my question to you ultimately is, man, how do I, how do I wait? Well, how, you know, and, and I've, I heard that, you know, patience, patience isn't the ability to wait, but it's how you wait. And so learning how to wait well, have you discovered anything in your own life where it's kind of been a little bit easier for you to wait?
0: Patience is not a natural fruit for me in my life, (laughs) Nate. um, Patience is one of those things. Going back to growing up in the church, people say, don't pray for patience because God will make you wait, you know. and um, So being in a season where you are forced to wait is definitely one where you have to kind of do a personal heart check and say, am I getting anxious like for the next thing without recognizing what God is trying to do in in this moment. Right. And I think that's why the Bible tells us to be anxious in nothing and anxious for nothing. It's because we have this propensity to want the next thing. And so in this season in particular, I think the waiting well, like how to wait well is so much about yeah, you you hit it on the head of uh of just being in the right posture mm-hmm. of waiting and waiting on the Lord to do what he needs to do in your heart mm-hmm. and not trying to push on past what he's doing in the moment. Yeah. But it's easier said than done. For it, sure, It is.
1: And the great perspective that pastor Keith brought up was allowing that grace of God to take deep root in your soul. Mm-hmm. So you may go through something and it, and you get out of it prematurely on your own will uh, instead of like sitting in it. And and you learn a lesson, but it doesn't take root. You know, it's like the, it's like the, the soil isn't, isn't, isn't well, um, because you didn't allow, Mm. you didn't allow the process to take full form, you know?
0: That's so good too. Such an interesting, like, illustration to consider cuz roots roots that go grow deep will endure storms later on like the plant will be able to endure more because it has the strength of going in deeper mm-hmm. and so um when we're impatient and don't allow the time for like our roots to grow deep and for the grace to go deep in our lives like then we aren't going to be able to endure more and i think that's the thing that we have to recognize in um seasons of waiting is what is god trying to build and establish in our hearts like what character what is he trying to sharpen in our character Mm -hmm. that will prepare us for the next thing Mm -hmm. instead of just trying to figure out what the next thing is
1: yeah we're always about the next thing because there's always Mm -hmm. in in our society there is a next thing
0: perpetual motion yeah yeah
1: And, and there always is something there's Oh, look over here. Oh, look over here. You know, it's... uh, I forget what movie that was, but um, it's some Disney movie, I think, where the birds are like, here, 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 over here. But anyways, yes. I digress. Uh, the next thing was Listen to God. And it was interesting because he spoke about how the, the patriarchal system adds more weight to this story, mm-hmm. um, which I never... I never really knew or thought about and it's so true because if Lazarus is the only male in that family there's so much riding on that right have you done any research around the patriarch system
0: I mean have I done any research on the patriarchal system I mean yes um I think it's something that in general it's good to be knowledgeable on and the fact that that adds so much to the weight of what Mary and Martha were going through and what Mary and Martha were experiencing in that moment of the like pastor Keith said the disappointment of their dreams um just kind of going away because now they were they were vulnerable to attack because because of what they lost in their brother Lazarus mm-hmm. But what I love about it, about the story, like when you r- really dig into John 11 is um, I love Martha's response because she kind of goes up to Jesus and it's like she knows all of the realities of what happened with her brother, but she still chooses to talk to Jesus and, and be like, yeah, I know that you're the son of God. Kind of the way that I feel like she – she was approaching it was like, yeah, I know the realities of where I'm at. Like I know the realities of society. I know Mm -hmm. the realities of the fact that I just lost my brother, but I also know the realities of who you are. So what are you going to do about it now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, is kind of the, the take that Martha, Martha had is she looked past the cultural Um, implications of the pain that she was in and and chose to look at what Jesus could bring to the table. And I think that that's something that I take away from a lot of those men, women, cultural things is yeah, our culture even now can stifle women or keep us from being able to be who God called us to be. But the culture is something that uh, Jen's dancing in the background. (laughs) Um, Our culture is something that Christ has overcome and and kingdom culture says there's a place for women and kingdom culture says, you know, Jesus values what women bring Mm -hmm. to the table. And so for me in general, every time that I look more into like the patriarchy and all of those um, veins, the more I recognize that my identity is defined by a different culture. It's defined by the kingdom culture. And that's the one that I'm going to pursue my value in hmm. so i know that kind of went off a, on a tangent but.
1: no i mean that's what i always try to do to this is <laughs> what, you
0: succeeded me
1: what tangent can we get on you know that's that's my goal and if we don't get on a tangent i feel like we failed um <laughs> very interesting because the other day i was reading something and it was mentioning one of the complaints that could be thrown at christianity is that that chauvinism has been in the past. It has been a thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the book was like, yeah, we're, I mean, we can't we can't deny things that may have been in the church or been ugly parts of the church. But however, if you look at the origins of Christianity, especially after Jesus comes on the scene, they are more inclusive of women than their society around them, mm-hmm. than the Greco Roman, <laughs> you know, empire. Right. And so to your point, Martha realized that even before Jesus's death, burial and resurrection, right. She realizes that, man, there's something different about this. Yeah. You know? And, and I think that's a lot of times we think post gospel mm. and post gospel, meaning like when Jesus ascended and he's gone, but It is interesting to look at how people who, how the lights clicked for them when he was there in their midst.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because ultimately she had a revelation of who Jesus was and that gave her a revelation of who she was. Mm. And I think that when we have revelation, when we understand who Jesus is, um, what he brings into our lives, it, it illuminates who he has created us to be Hmm. we we are able to walk in a freedom that we won't know if we don't have that relationship with god
1: yeah one of the tricky parts about that however is being in the midst of circumstances that seem dead right and then looking and saying okay god (laughs) i thought i knew who you were do Mm -hmm. i you know or i i thought i was in the right spot am i Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: that's what that's what this whole sermon is about, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. The whole sermon is about, yes, recognizing where you are, but also recognizing who's with you in that.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it's the the fact that they knew what Jesus could do, but in their perspectives, he, he was late. You mm-hmm. know, and to the point of the whole sermon, the title itself, it's not over. But I think a lot of times when. God shows up later than what we had anticipated or what we had desired. We count it as over. We count it as dead. Mm. Um, instead of standing in the reality of our situation with the understanding of who Jesus is and that he's beyond what we consider to be, you know, over. Mm. That he's working, you know, even when I don't see it, you're working, you know, right. like we sing about it. But I think a lot of times, it's easier to be like, man, I don't see it. So, and the time's up. So I guess, you know, Jesus isn't going to show up, but he does.
1: Yeah. Think about if the story was different, you know, think about if they never reached out in the first place. Yeah. Like, oh, it is what it is. You know, this is, we're not in, we're not in modern medicine. You know, there is no other there is no other option for him. Right. So Mary and Martha just think, well, it is what it is. How mm-hmm. often, I mean, how often do I say that in my life? Yeah. Man, it just, it's where I'm at. It is what it is. I can't do anything about it. You know. and
0: Overthink Pas- and underpray. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Overthink
1: yeah. and underpray. And that's even what Pastor Keith said in a couple, after the message a couple times um, a few weeks ago, or maybe it was his sermon. But he basically said like, If I'm losing sleep over something, I might as well pray about it (laughs) and then go to sleep. You know, I'm not going to not pray about it and lose sleep at the same time. Like that's, that's foolish. So, so yeah, there's just so many times where for whatever reason in the midst of hurt or trauma or pain, we just forget because Mm -hmm. he said, he said, stop focusing on the dilemma and focus on the deliverer. Yeah. That's not forsaking the dilemma or that's Mm -hmm. not like saying it's not existing, but it's not focusing on it. There's a difference between realizing and focusing.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it's, I heard in a sermon one time where you can, are you standing with your problem looking at God or are you standing with God looking at your problem? Because one is going to magnify your problem and the other is going to magnify God. Yeah. And so if you're standing with God looking at your problem, you realize how small that dilemma is in in comparison to how big your deliverer is and so uh he cares about those those things that we see as dilemmas but if we stand with an understanding of how much bigger he is than that problem that's when we can walk in the freedom and recognize it's not actually that big of a deal
1: right Inhaling our pollution and exhaling solutions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Some of them you just got to stamp with the star, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that was was good. Where have you laid him? Hmm. If we don't engage in the pain of our past, it will determine how you walk in the future. Yeah. So true.
0: So true. You
1: can tiptoe around life situations because you don't want to experience that same hurt. Yeah. And you can even avoid great moves of God because you're trying to, you're trying not to experience something that you've experienced in the past because you didn't actually deal with it.
0: Right. Well, and I think, um, you and I are very similar in, uh, personality of, you know, if I, I can just move past this, like I'm a strong person, so I don't need to acknowledge the pain or sometimes it can feel like, um, or at least for me, uh, I don't really want to deal with the vulnerability of admitting that I had this like painful moment, which can keep me from entering into the fact that I have pain in order to really dig in and and heal from it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's part of it for me is acknowledging that I can be hurt. Mm. And I think that's um, a difficulty and something that Jesus and I have spent a considerable amount of time talking about is it's okay to admit that um, you were hurt by this in mm. order to fully heal from it. Mm. How, how has pain kind of operated in your life?
1: Uh, I think I'm just, there are times when I don't trust the party that I want to express the pain to mm. yeah because I afraid I'm afraid of they'll maybe look at me not the same way ever again you know mm-hmm. which I think is a great way of, the, the greatest thing about grace you know and Jesus in the gospel in general is God looks at you through the lens of of Jesus yeah and and he sees righteousness if you're a child of God but you know in the community aspect, I think it takes. I think it takes me more time to trust someone. Yeah. Just naturally, it just takes sure. me more time. Um. I mean, there. You know, obviously, science tells us that if we experience stuff, our brains can wipe that, mm-hmm. and so there are areas, and even years and and times in my life where I don't remember things because I've chose not to. Mm. You know, like when my parents went through a divorce, that that time in my life is very blurry. So I try and think about like, man, what what did I learn through that? And sometimes I can't because mm-hmm. my mind's yeah. chosen to forget it. You know,
0: that's so interesting. I think um, another way I know like the brain can operate is recognizing common patterns and kind of seeing a butter knife and. And calling it a dagger hmm. because of past experiences. Um where, oh, there's this common trait, common trait. It's not the same situation, but those common traits kind of make us go warning. Right. Like, Self preservation. Yeah, exactly. It's it's that fight or flight mentality. And so um just also recognizing I think adding grace to those things um help us to see where redemption comes into play.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to let anyone down either.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a big thing too. Like I don't Mm want to, you know, (laughs) I don't want to let someone down um, by saying like, Hey, maybe you thought I was like this, but I'm actually like that, (laughs) you know, or, or maybe you thought my life was one way and it's not. But I think, I think for me, especially, you know, in a position, in a leadership role, that's tough. Yeah. And I think honestly, If your relationship with Jesus is skewed in any manner, it makes it even worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and I think we talk so much about how important community is. And community, I mean, even this sermon, Pastor Keith talked about the importance of community. And when you find good community, you know it because they can fully know you and still love you fully. And I think that is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us is in community and in friendship is being able to be wholly known, be able to bring your messy to the table and people look at it and go, Hey, that's all. Hey, okay. Like we can, we can do this together. Mm -hmm. We can overcome this together. That's not who you actually are in Christ. And so let's, let's pursue healing and let's walk this out together.
1: Yeah. And they can tell and they can help remind you of, hey, Jesus has been there. Yeah. You know, it it kind of segues into like Jesus wept. Yeah. And I, again, for the <laughs> for for the lifers, the Christian, yep. the career Christians,
0: <laughs> shortest, scripture. shortest scripture in the Bible, <laughs> Jesus wept
1: and. That, I just remember talking about that so much as a kid, like, what's your sort of scripture in the Bible? Yeah, uh, Jesus wept, duh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and then you know, someone trying to, and it is profound. Don't get me wrong, but someone trying to pull so much out of it just to say, like, look what I got out of two words in scripture mm-hmm. and look at this message that i you know what I mean so p t s d
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i I remember one sermon, like, this, this is so profound. Like Jesus takes up half of this scripture and like Jesus takes up the entire Bible. Hmm. I mean, uh, but yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. Anyways, what I was alluding to is, you know, in, in Hebrews talking about he's our great high priest, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and Jesus Jesus has experienced anything that, that you and I have experienced. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking about this a little bit last night. Even the age of Jesus, I'm in that time frame now mm-hmm. of his, of what we know about him, 30 to 33, just turned 30. So I thought about that over this past year like, man, thinking about my life experiences and obviously thousands of years later, but still, nothing new under the sun, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to relate that. I feel like I relate to him a little bit more. Yeah. And I feel like I'm able to accept the fact that Jesus did walk in my shoes Mm -hmm. just because of that age um, similarity. Yep. I don't know. It's it's just been interesting to to realize that and and to kind of walk through that over this past year.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. The emotions for sure. And that there isn't anything like he relates to us. There isn't anything that we have experienced that he can't relate to even to the point of like rejection oh nobody rejected jesus he went into his own hometown and they wouldn't accept the fact that he was the messiah he was doing the things that he didn't like he was rejected by his hmm. own people like people who grew up knowing like this is jesus like they they couldn't rectify the fact that 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 kid that they saw running around was and he was rejected by them yeah and so even in those types of moments he can he understands how we feel and i think that's why it's so important to take our pain to jesus because he understands the pain that we're going through because he he walked through that
1: yeah yeah it's uh once you can actually not just hear that but you can actually hold on to that
0: yeah
1: it changes your it changes your your worldview
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it just allows you to take a deep breath yeah, Right. and to exhale and say, okay, God, you know, you're not surprised by this. Yeah. Your son experienced it. What are we going to do about yeah.
0: it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's good.
1: Lazarus was not the one responsible for removing the stone. Yeah. And when I first heard it, I thought, oh man, he's going to go like, Jesus is the only one in your life. You know what I mean? I <laughs> thought he was going to go there, but it was interesting because... Yes, Jesus said the word, but the community had to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's what you pointed out earlier, like how important community is. And I think it—we harp there. I'm noticing now that I'm hosted after the message. There are certain things that just continue to raise their head during these talks, and one of the things that continues to come up is community, mm-hmm. and it's one of the pillars of our church and it's one of the things that we talk about all the time and people that have been here for you know any length of time knows life change happens in the context of community (laughs) right talk about life change Mm -hmm. like
0: like literally going from death to life correct yeah
1: and i mean from from the very beginning like how helpless he was dead like how Mm -hmm. helpless he was and the family the mm. community came around and brought jesus into it
0: yeah
1: so it's a plug for groups
0: <laughs> everything's a plug for groups groups are so important
1: how has uh, how's community impacted your life
0: i mean community has truly really been a game changer and this is coming from someone who i don't really prefer to let people into my life i'm a homebody mm. by nature But just recognizing how important it is to be intentional and step out of community, step out of my comfort zone and into community, um, because it sharpens, it has sharpened my understanding of who God is in my own life. Um, And understanding, like watching other people grow in their understanding of God, sharpens and helps, helps us grow. Mm hmm. Um, but what I love about this one in particular, this illustration is a lot of times we think about community in context of, okay, what is it going to do for me? Mm. But this is saying, okay, what are you going to do for others? And that was really something that I took away and, and evaluated, man, am I being intentional, especially in these, you know, unprecedented times. (laughs) um bingo being word inten- yep <laughs> am i am i being intentional with with stepping out in into the spaces like if jesus asked me to go and help a friend am i stepping into that space with them or am i going i don't want to offend them you know uh mm-hmm. no mentioned it last week you know wounds from a friend can be trusted that's what proverbs says but we are are we stepping out and helping people out of the death that they're walking walking in Mm. like are we helping them pull the grave clothes off Mm. and and saying like hey this isn't who you are anymore yeah uh when you bring jesus into the picture and are we creating those spaces for other people are we just entering into community being like okay what can you do for me yeah you know
1: yeah i look at it in a in a little bit of a different light along the same path however i think as christians we're scared to be called bigots or Mm. we're scared to be called judgmental because those are two labels that the world has put on christianity right has there been bigotry in in churches before sure you know have there been judgmental christians yeah you know absolutely but i don't think that that excuses us from the responsibility and the role that we have to do yeah and i and and again like I'm saying this out of conviction of something that I need to do a better job at. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be able to look at look at a friend and this isn't this isn't just like some guy you met yesterday. <laughs> like right. can, can, this is like relationships built over time, your mm-hmm. community. Yeah. But am I able to look at someone as a friend and say, "Hey dude, what are you what are you doing?" you know? Yep. And I don't know. I don't I, Right. Sometimes maybe I can do it, but I still feel like I tiptoe because I'm scared of losing that relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. But again, it goes back to not doing it in your own strength. Like Jesus was present there. Like he was the one that gave the initial instruction. Hey, you know, remove the stone, get the, get the grave clothes off of Mm them.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a good point. Like reiterating this is not someone that you don't have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Like that's when, if you don't know somebody's heart and then it's hard to trust those wounds, you know? Um, But then also recognizing like, are you, I don't know. Are you creating those spaces? I think we have heard the, um, don't point out the, the speck in somebody else's eye when you have a plank in your own. And so, I think a lot of times you think like, well, I'll never be able to do it. So how am I? Yeah. Well, I can't, you know, I can't call them out on that Jesus because (laughs) I have a lot of, I have a lot of issues myself.
1: Thanks Lord. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I think that it's so important to, um, just like in everything else, like follow the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And if he is calling you to have that conversation with somebody you know, you start praying for your own heart, you go in with a posture of, um, I'm going to speak the truth in love mm. um, and not speak the truth out of frustration mm. or out of judgment. Are you speaking the truth in love? And um, just really asking God to cover cover your conversation and to prepare their hearts. And a lot of times, if, if Jesus is asking you to like enter into that space of like, hey, help them get the grave clothes off. Like they have an awareness that they have grave clothes, mm. you know? And so um, it's the helping them yeah. um, in the process.
1: Yeah. And, and it's super important to, to be slow to speak. It's super important mm-hmm. to listen to their side. There's exactly. two sides to every store. You can't mm-hmm. call. Okay. Here's where it gets. Here's where it gets 21st century on us <laughs> is we want to call people out on Twitter or we want to call people out online, you know, and, and or through a text or through a text. (laughs) And I mean, I get that that's convenient, but it's not helping anybody, you know, especially if it's somebody that you don't know. Yeah. So one of the things that really just hurts my heart more than anything is when pastors call other pastors out publicly Yeah, or leaders call other leaders out public like that's not how we're supposed to do it you know i mean i'm i'm pretty sure i could be wrong because i'm not a scholar but i'm pretty sure that scripture is 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 clear on hey go to that person and if they Mm -hmm. don't listen to you bring another bring a third party in and talk to them but i don't think it ever really says anything about you know Talking about each other online or what? Yeah,
0: social media, call-outs. Yeah. Not. I mean, and here's a shameless plug for an upcoming sermon series. Uh, it's going to be on what did Jesus really say about, and we're going to talk about call-out culture, you know, and um, I think that's going to be a really powerful sermon where we talk about what did Jesus say about calling each other out, mm-hmm. and even if, if they are in the wrong, mm-hmm what does he really say about that? So yeah. stay tuned. Cause there Cause is going to be a really good one. Yeah.
1: There is a way to do it. Yeah, you know? exactly. And,
0: but publicly probably not,
1: probably not, a, probably not a good idea unless it's just so out of control that yeah. that person's never going to listen to you in the exactly. first place. And you need to protect people that mm-hmm. are in your sphere yep. <laughs> or whatever. Yep. Um. But yeah, you know, like you said at the beginning of, of this, is, are you speaking that in love? Are you speaking the truth in love or out of frustration? And I think that's some of the best advice that you gave me early on when I first got into ministry was I asked you like, hey, if you notice something in someone, like when do you decide to say it? And you're like, well, I first figure out if I'm frustrated or angry. And if I am, I don't say it, you know? Yeah. it's like mm-hmm. So if it's gonna take you a little bit to like realize that, you're doing it because you love this person and you know that there's more mm-hmm. in them, Yeah. then it's probably real. But if after a while you're like, all right, whatever. Yeah. I was just mad.
0: Exactly. It's a really helpful <laughs> tool to use yeah. is, okay, am I really doing this for them or am I doing this for me? Because it's really easy to think that you're doing it for them.
1: Yeah. Um. Before Lazarus dies, <laughs> he's on his deathbed and he had to be wondering why Jesus didn't show up. Yeah. How often in your life have you said, <laughs> "Hello?" Yeah.
0: Well, especially uh because when they sent word to Jesus, the way they put it was like the one you love is dying, you know. And so Lazarus is laying there with the stamp of I'm the one Jesus loves and this is the this is the treatment I get, mm-hmm. you know. Um yeah, the the disappointment of when God doesn't show up in the timing that you think He should mm-hmm. is one that can really take blows to your heart, mm-hmm. you know, and your trust of God. But I, I um, a couple of years ago, I when Brandon and I were in the process of trying to have Elliot, I went to somebody and. I I just didn't want to go through disappointment again. And I I asked her if she could pray with me. And she was like, you know, you said that you are dealing with disappointment. And she was like, but here's the thing is we can never be disappointment if we keep God appointed as the person who's ruling our life. Wow. And that's something that I've just really hung on to is if if I'm disappointed in something, it usually means that I have dis. Appointed God as the ruler in that situation. Kind of going back to our the very beginning of our conversation of me constantly trying to take c- and take control back into my own hands. I I don't let Him be the one who's appointed at controlling the situation, mm-hmm. and so uh, disappointment is something to acknowledge. But for me, it's acknowledging that I I've taken God off the throne mm-hmm. in in my own view, mm-hmm. and. Um, There are moments that I will never understand the way that he's working behind the scenes um, until, you know, sometimes a couple months later and I'm like, oh, that's what he was doing. Sometimes a couple years later and oh, that's what he's doing. And there will be some things I won't understand until heaven. But at the end of the day, I know he's still on the throne. I just have to make sure that that's what's staying in my view.
1: Yeah. And at the beginning of the story, Jesus says, "Hey, this isn't going to end in death." Mm-hmm. And are we gonna are we gonna live live our lives in that manner? Yeah. If you know, suffering job loss or whatnot, like, hey, this isn't going to end with you. And, and I mean, for goodness' sake, just a person on a personal story. My dad lives in, lives in Seattle, and moved out there for like uh my stepmom's like family cuz they were out there and she's from South Africa and that's the only family that she has, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. moved out there a very noble move on his part, but it's <laughs> it's across the country, you yeah. know, like he's from the south, he's been here his whole life and without a job for goodness 3 years in Seattle. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not talking about I don't know. It's a different economy. Yeah. So being able to to look at look at Jesus and say, really, like this isn't going to end in like destruction or this isn't going to end in poverty, for goodness sake. Right. But time after time, he would just tell me like, hey, we're just trusting God. That's all we know to do. We're just taking a day at a time where we're trusting God. And was it tough? Sure. I mean, there was probably points where he pulled a Martha and Mary. was like, where the heck have you been? You know, like it's, it's over. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's dead already. But just being able to, to live your life saying like, Hey, this isn't going to end in death. Yeah. It looks pretty dark right now, but, and that's true faith. Yeah. That's walking by faith and not by sight. That's good. Um, one other thing, if you're up for it, Abraham's bosom.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> were you thinking I was going to bring this up? or
0: I don't know. I think part of me was hoping that you wouldn't. <laughs> but, of course, I always get the super theological question. Well, I
1: mean, look, you and I have our weekly phone meetings, <laughs> right. and I bring up the tough questions. Sure. So how did you think that you were going to, yeah. be on after the message and not, my heart. not get the tough question Yep.
0: abraham's bosom i, I mean, want
1: i mean there's just so many things that pop into my life spiritually and i'm like i need to research this i need to research mm-hmm. and i just sometimes i don't even get to anything because there's so much like yep. last week we were talking about wow, what role does the adversary play in your
0: life <laughs> Right. <laughs> just normal conversation and this week we're talking about abraham's, abraham's bosom. bosom like
1: is this heaven? Is this purgatory?
0: Yeah. <laughs> what is this? It's like heaven ish. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I really liked the way that Pastor Keith broke down. Like, Lazarus was probably getting used to being in, in that space mm-hmm. and understanding, oh, yeah, that's Abraham, that's Moses, and, and being used, like, in, in that in between space. Mm-hmm. But obviously, um, heaven is something we all have access to and and the the life is something that we all have access to because of jesus Mm -hmm. um and that was not something that we all had access to we all being gentiles um those who were not god's chosen people the jews you know did not have access but i'm not going to get into all this because it has been I haven't been in school in a long time. Mm. And there are some deleted mental files <laughs> that I have. So that's as far as I can go that's on fine. Abraham's bosom. That's fine. If you,
1: <laughs> This is a great way for us to test out our new email address. If yes. you know anything about Abraham's bosom. I, I will bosom.
0: pull up logos and I can answer some questions on that.
1: Yeah, but if you're listening yes. and you've done extensive study on this, you can email. Yeah, give us direction. ATM at celebrationorl.org. <laughs> Uh, but no, it it is good. Um, kind of going back to, are you willing to step out of your misery so Jesus can step in? Um, yeah. that's you. You would immediately answer that question. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, like yeah. of course I. I. But are are you are you really?
0: Oh, you mean like right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I no, have no, no. to this, actually move. Yeah, it's too Guy, fun right now.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that's. That's a tough one because sometimes you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to your proximity to God. Yeah. You know, are you are you daily asking God to reveal things to you or asking God to, to move the ball, you know, the proverbial ball down the field in right. your own life? Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then you might be stuck in some things that you don't even realize you're stuck in. Yeah. And it's just become... It's just become human nature. It's just become natural to you and and you don't see anything wrong with it.
0: Yeah. And that's where community comes back into play too, of uh, having people that know you well enough to go, Hey, this isn't this isn't you, this isn't healthy, this is you're you're sitting in misery, like let me give you a hand, let's pull you back out. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's what what is so important about community that that like both and community and relationship with God, they work so hand in hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything that maybe you wrote down or that struck you differently this time around on the, the Lazarus message?
0: I mean, truly the community aspect. And I know we already hit on it, but just how am I being intentional right now? with listening to God on behalf of my community. And am I expecting my community to always only seek after me or am I being intentional about going and encouraging the person in my community that needs to be encouraged or um, helping them move past things that they've been stuck in for years? And that's something, uh, man, Brandon and I have amazing community. And we have endured a lot of years of um, hard, hard things together, you know, of and I have so admired the people in our community who have said, hey, like our marriage is struggling right now and we need y'all's help Mm -hmm. um, to come around us and support us and and watching them like walk through and walk out of marital issues because we walked with them hmm. and I think the the willingness to both say hey here's where I'm vulnerable and the willingness to not judge but say okay yeah like let, let's let help you those, those are the moments that um is what being the family of God is all about is that we come around each other and help each other out and so I think that's that's the thing that is challenging me from the sermon the most is looking around and saying when's the last time that i reached out to this friend and and had having the hard conversations and not letting good friendships go just because there was like a hard thing that happened in Mm. them and even just recently actually like i had a i had a friendship that we were at this crossroads like we there were some words that were said that were hurtful, that needed some clarification, and I had to make the choice, like, no, this this friendship is more important to me than the hurt that I might have endured. And so we had a conversation that clarified everything, and we we decided, no, there, this is too important to just let go, hmm. because good friendships, uh, godly friendships that move you forward are not worth losing because of one one misunderstanding Hmm. and so going the extra mile to not just I think the world is like yeah if somebody hurt you 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 cut them out of your life but evaluate the fruit before that one moment and and enter into the conversations and give people another chance if they if they have proven that their heart was not to be that Hmm. uh, make sure that you are not just letting good friendships die Mm -hmm. um, because they're, they're hard to come by and they're so important. Mm -hmm. So that's something that this sermon really had me reflecting on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's about humility, I guess, at the end of the day, like even if you are burned in a sense, or even if you are hurt, are you going to be willing to to humble yourself and and have that, conversation yeah you know and i think again if god's if god's where he should be in your life you know if you're talking to Mm -hmm. jesus on the daily then um that that can make it a little bit easier yeah you know so yeah
0: do what he tells you to do yeah (laughs) (laughs) super simple
1: and on that note Mm mm-hmm Thanks. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for ha- having me. This is fun. Yeah, it's good time. I mean, we do this every week. We just recorded it this time. <laughs> <laughs> good deal. Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org.